Hannah means family. When life gets you down, you know what you gotta do? You don't know what you gotta do. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Hakuna Matata. Welcome, I am your host, Jay. I'm Andrea. And this is the Disney Plus Us podcast. (laughs) This is a podcast dedicated to the Disney Plus streaming service. We got everything Uh you could want. Everything. Are you ready for this? Yeah, what? You got news? News. We got it. You you want uh, some rumors? Yeah, I'll take rumors. We got it. Yeah. We got we got the gossip straight off the Twitter handle. Gossip? (laughs) From Bob Igor. Jay. No, we don't. Gossip, gossiping is bad. <laughs> we did, we did bug his house. How do you feel about that? Uh, that seems sketchy. Yeah, that, that that seems morally ambiguous, Jay. Okay. In addition to bugging Bob Iger's house, <laughs> we also have. Oh, look, there is lawyers. Oh no, <laughs> pulling up right now. Oh no, no. We also are watching every single Disney animated feature in chronological order. Yeah. Woo! And today we are on Atlantis. The Lost Empire. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All the so way from... So what was that, like early 2000s? 2001. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum. Oh, boy. <laughs> way off. <laughs> I, think, I think if we were to break that down with one of those computers that can tell notes, uh-huh. you're spot on. Oh, you think? And maybe that was off. The original score might have been. That's probably it. Like, that's what they intended it to sound like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Jay, how are you? Oh, my lovely wife. I am wonderful. It's Christmas break. Yes. It is right before New Year's. Um, it just got cold. Today. Yeah. But it's going to get back to 60 on Friday. But yeah, yeah. it looks like after that, cold's kind of here. Yay. <laughs> uh, uh, Jay, did you get any Christmas gifts? You know, I got so many. And Tell me your favorite or right, one of your favorites. Right now, what's cool and rocking my world, it's called Soda Stream. And what it does. <laughs> I got him this. It shoots. It shoots uh, CO2 into normal water, and then wham, bam, your water has CO2 in it, which it makes perfect uh, substance to make your own LaCroix. So we're kind of switching up flavors and, and mixing in orange juice or lemon juice or Mia or whatever the, the flavorings are out there. So we're just, we're having a gas. Having a great time. Literally. Again, they're not paying us to say any of this. We really shouldn't say brand names if we're not being paid, but. Screw it. I'm for the people. <laughs> I live in the Walmart world. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say soda stream. Hashtag soda life. Hashtag soda life. Yeah. What about you, my darling wife? Well, something that's very relevant to this podcast. I got an unofficial Disney cookbook. Oh, that's right. So it has a whole bunch of recipes that are used around all the Disney theme parks. And I am so, none of these are, I mean, some of them are healthy, but most of them are not healthy. Oh, it's theme park food. Uh, so I've got to kind of space it out a little bit, but I am so excited to make some of these things. I, it's really, I didn't have a chance to thumb through it. I didn't give it to you. Who did? My mom? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, that's pretty rad. I'm I'm excited to see the fruits of of this education. Yes. So <laughs> I will give updates on the podcast. You won't be able to see pictures, but we'll tell you how delicious the things are that I make. I'm going to I'm going to try and describe it as if I'm talking to a blind person and I'm using my words as eyes. You essentially are talking to blind people because they're only hearing us. I think they have eyes. Maybe in their the hearts. The hills do. This is already the corn has eyes. This is already <laughs> way off off the beat. <laughs> what else has in. eyes? The walls. The potatoes have eyes. They do. You're or right. do they have ears? I don't know. No, that's the corn. Corn has yeah. ears. Potatoes, potatoes has have eyes. eyes, and the beans stalk. Stalk what? The beans talk. Talk. Beans stalk. <laughs> Ouch. I've never heard that. <laughs> That's, I would say, That's double bad. a play on words. That's pretty bad. That's what that was. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. We, we're done with the jibber jabber. We do have news for you. Oh. As promised, the Ooh. hottest, coolest, freshest wired tap news. Feast your ears. Oh, boy. Yeehaw, it's news talking time. News. Okay, news. so what'd you hear from your bug in Bob Iger's house? <laughs> Didn't he step down? Yeah, yeah, this is old news that he yeah. stepped down. Yeah, so we should probably take that remove out. Remove those huh? bugs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, news, the news is we watched, <laughs> Andrea and Jay have watched, The Book of Boba Fett. Episode one. It dropped, I think, today. Stranger in a Strange Land. Is what episode one is called. Now, for those of you... Which sounds very biblical. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what Book of Boba Fett is, it's pretty much uh, a story about Boba Fett that has taken place... Now, for those of you who don't know who Boba Fett is... Now, those of you who don't know what the term those of you means... Boba Fett, Star Wars character, bounty hunter... Wears Mandalorian armor, but is not, in fact, a Mandalorian. In Star Wars, there are three movies. There are the Star Wars and New Hope. There's uh, Empire Strike, Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi that I'm talking about right now. There are many, okay. many, many, okay. many more movies. Jay just heard me swallow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Preparing <gulp>. to refute. <laughs> uh, when we last see Boba Fett in the original three movies... He falls into a giant sarlacc pit and is presumed eaten. Yes. Not really a spoiler here. He survives. And this uh, is his adventure after the sarlacc pit. But what's on interesting on Tatooine. On Tatooine. What's yes. interesting is this kind of has some crossover because we see Boba Fett in The Mandalorian, uh, which is a hugely wild success. So we already know he's alive. Yeah. We're assuming this takes place between then and... Well, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi and the Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. I would assume this. Okay. But it's, yeah. So far, episode one dropped. And what's interesting, and this this is going to be spoiler free. We see like an A storyline and a B storyline. So the A storyline is in quote unquote present day. 
Mm-hmm. And then the B storyline is kind of where he came from and how he got to where he is. Yeah. And it was really refreshing storytelling. And this was written by John Favreau, directed by Robert Rodriguez. So we got some heavy hitters in it this. It felt very similar, like style wise, to The Mandalorian, even to the point where we got the art at the end over the credits. But what's interesting is this also felt like the original George Lucas trilogy where there was dumb wipes, you know, like (laughs) suddenly it's like doors are opening and you've got a new scene. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Or or swipe left or I didn't quite see a star wipe yet, but I don't think George Lucas used a star wipe. He might have. It would have been too on the nose for Star Wars. Yeah. But it's fun but also just really well done i so far what i've watched i would give this a nine out of ten just because the only problem i have with it is i mean and even is this a problem there was a lot of battling yeah i didn't hate it though it it wasn't like pew pew stormtroopers and laser guns but it was like hand-to-hand combat yeah. or with weapons yeah melee weapons. it was pretty brutal the one thing i'm still trying to figure out and i hope this becomes more clear as we go through the series i want to know who this guy is because at least in this first episode i feel like they're just presenting him as this like badass tough guy yeah he's just like he's surviving a lot of stuff he's taking a lot of hits but he's a pretty like macho silent type character and i want to see more of who he is yeah personality wise unwrap the onion right on boba fett so hopefully they do that throughout the series i'm looking forward to it hopefully yeah and what's interesting is and this is my last point everybody in all these other spinoff movies they all i mean something about boba fett even though he's in the original trilogy for like Three scenes or something, very small amount of time. Yeah. People love him. And so they wrote in all this backstory and he has a kid and then he, you know, has clones and, you know, yeah. it's just. Correction. Because yes. that, that was the whole prequel trilogy. We see his father, Django Fett, and they based the clones off Django Fett. That's right. And Boba Fett was Django's son. Unclear whether he's a clone or just his straight son. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. Anyway, but then Django is is murdered in one of those prequel movies, and Boba Fett grows up as a bounty hunter, and that was kind of his backstory. Well, there you go. Now yeah. you're prepared it's to watch tragic. this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now you're prepared. You're prepared. What else we got? Okay. Eternals. The movie no one saw, but it's supposed to be okay. <laughs> uh, Why didn't no one see it? Well, I think this was a mixture of kind of bad timing for release. It had some stars in it. Angelina Jolie was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the... Chloe Zhao directed Marvel oh, movie. Okay. And she's the one who won for uh, Nomadland. Yeah. So this is her Marvel whatever. Movie. But yeah. I think the Eternals, none of the characters are knowable. Nobody, you know, they're all new. 
Yeah. It's like the Justice League. It's like Avengers, only not. It's another yeah. group of It's a whole nother group of people. And you and yeah. no one knows who like if one of them was Spider Man, maybe people wouldn't So the draw that. is you might see some familiar stuff from the Marvel universe and you're going to see famous people. Yes. So, but you don't know any of the characters. Yeah. It's all original. Or is it original? I don't know. Eventually it's original. I don't know. All I'm going to say, January 12th. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah. Okay. And I've heard, my brother liked it. Uh, This is going to be a good popcorn movie. It's something that should be watched and not out of just like boredom, but more like, hey, let's do this. Okay. And so I think. We should do that. It's on the list. What else do we have? We have the the rumored Aladdin spinoff, which we may or may not have talked of, uh, about. It's called Prince Anders. Aladdin spinoff. So which character are they spinning off? I think Prince Anders. Who is that? I, you know, I don't know. I should have should have done more research. I have never heard of this character. I'm pretty sure he's in there. So Prince Anders, I believe, might be in competition to Aladdin when Aladdin does his transform into a new fancy prince thing. Um, so I think that's maybe maybe ah. it's the story from another perspective. Prince Anders is a character in the 2019 film Aladdin, so the live action version. Portrayed by Billy Magnuson as a suitor and potential husband for Princess Jasmine. So is this random dude. Did everybody like him so much that he now gets a spinoff? I don't know. Okay. We'll see. Interesting. I'm intrigued. Uh, Speaking of sequels and trequels, um, Tron... Aries, ours, Tron, A-R-E-S, is in development. So we're going to get another. Did we see the update, Tron, yeah. from a couple of years ago? It was really good. I've seen both of them. I vaguely remember it, but I feel like I've blocked most of it out. Why would you block it out? Uh, it yeah. wasn't from, it didn't beat you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it did. <laughs> no, it should not have. It's a good movie. I'm sure it was fine. I just, all I remember from Tron is like, the neon lights, and we're in a video game, and yeah. Okay. Let's do a rewatch some one of these days. Okay. Get, get caught up, and then we can play Tron on my Romatron, <gasps> uh, my homemade arcade that I built. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Um, and finally, and this is the first time I can do this. Uh-huh. And this is Miss Marvel. There's a teaser trailer. Ooh. And this is the first time I can say I read the comic. Ooh, well. <laughs> and so there's a wonderful comic called Miss Marvel. And what's unique about this is that it stars a Pakistani teenage girl. Mm-hmm. Completely normal, completely kind of under the radar. And she gets tangled up um, with Captain Marvel, I believe. And Bray Larson. I think. And and then be, get superheroes and powers and whatever. Cool. But what's neat is this is a completely original, great story. And this is going to be a series. 
Oh, awesome. So I'm going to go ahead and play the trailer for everyone. Pause. Because we did read a Kate Bishop Hawkeye yeah. comic yeah. before we watched the recent Hawkeye series. Uh-huh. So we did kind of read the comic for I something. mean, the stories didn't correlate. This, no. I think, is going to be a one-to-one. Oh, cool. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. I let's, hope it is because it's wonderful. Let's I watch the teaser trailer. I couldn't put it down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, opening it up. Here's Here's the art. And mm. you see a Pakistani girl kind of with... Shoulder length and ha- hair and has uh, a mask on. All right, opening. We see we kids sitting on his stoop. Heroes. All right, we see her as a nerd. Suited for the times we're in. And her friend. Marvel Studios. Okay, her and her like classroom. See her with her family. When it came out, we had such an incredible reaction. So there's there's Captain, Captain Marvel, Brie Larson, fighting in outer space. Of your mother's. The green aliens. Oh, they're horrible. You'd like to meet me, dear? Where? Miss Marvel. Marvel. Definitely a teaser. Yeah, you don't get much at all from this. Like, you pretty much see the main character, and then you see Brie Larson. Yeah. And some of the other characters from that whole story. But you don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea. No idea. No clue. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. Let's move on to Atlantis. The The Lost Empire. Have you seen this movie? Yes. Are you supposed to whisper the Lost Empire in an evil voice? It seemed appropriate. The Lost Empire. Jay, have you seen this movie? I don't think so. If I did, it was like in college, but in somebody else's dorm room. And I was like, it's Friday and running through all the other dorm rooms and (laughs) maybe 10 minutes of it. Yeah, this was in that kind of... um, the lost years, as I call them, either late middle school, early high school, where you kind of go see movies with friends, but you're doing a lot of stuff at school and after school, and, and you don't see as many movies as maybe you'd like to. Yeah. Um, I did see this. Okay. I remember, I remember seeing it in the theaters. I think I saw it with friends. I... Was not super impressed with it. Oh, really? It was fine. It Lack was, It wasn't great. What's funny, though, I've had more than one person reach out to me and say, man, Atlantis, The Lost Empire is an amazing movie. It is really? underrated. It is one of my favorites. And no one, it's kind of when I bring up Hunchback and they just, 
I have my own version. Here is my battle cry, Atlantis, the Lost <laughs> Empire. Fascinating. I've never met anybody who said that. It's happened twice huh. in my life. I, and I interview almost everybody I see about this. Okay. I'm kidding. I yeah, I, I know you do. Like <laughs> People are like, Andrea, get him to stop talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> the cashier at the grocery store, ma'am, your husband's doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> Please take remove your husband from the store. He's, he's talking about Atlantis again. <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't even seen it. Um, so yeah. that, I mean, the fact that they said that makes me want to watch it with fresh eyes. I'm going to give it an honest go. Yeah. yeah. But before we do that. Yes. How would you feel about some improv? You know, I'm up for it. I think I think we're both qualified to, to riff on this. Something. Just really play off of it. Okay. All right, Polly, we're nearly there to the sunken island of Atlantis. What do you think, Polly? Will we find treasure there? (coughs) Sorry about that. Uh, Yeah, Polly, you sounded weird for a minute. I know. We are bunkmates, and I had a a weird whistle or something in my throat. Yeah. Uh, Do I think of we'll find treasure? Yes. Why did we set off on this ship if we didn't? Well, I've been following this treasure map, but I realized yesterday I was holding it upside down. <sighs> Again. But we're too close to the island <laughs> to, <laughs> to go back now. Like, you're telling me the upside down <laughs> map worked. <laughs> like, Well, we were aiming for another island that supposedly has treasure on it, but instead we ended up near Atlantis. <laughs> With the information you just told me, I'm going to give us a 25% chance of finding something. I like those odds, sailor. (laughs) I guess. What if I throw you in right now and you just swim down? What kind of captain? Ready? Three, two. Oh, captain. (laughs) And scene. Right. Um... Hello, hello. Are you are you there, my darling queen? Yes, I'm here. What have you to report? Well, it is day six thousand seven hundred and eighty-two of Atlantis, and big news: we, yes. we are still lost. Oh, we are oh sitting down here in quarantine. For like 7,000 days and many generations. Well, surely the big pandemic is over by now. I am so sick of all this gold. All I want to do is have some sort of delivery person come down and deliver some groceries or impulse buys we found online. I know. I long for a cupcake instead of this fish all the time. How is the quest of finding our address? Your address? For the city of Atlantis. No one can find it. Have you found our address so we can share our location? I'll call in the street sweepers and and see if they found any more gold in the corners. Or maybe somebody has spray painted our address on the side of a curb. That's not a bad idea, Rupert. You would have thought we thought of that. I know. All this thinking has made me lay tired. Let us have a nap, and then we'll look for our address. Sing. 
Ah, yes, this is very fascinating. I like all these runes. The runes are everywhere, and I found all these old... Oh. Yes. Uh, hello, Mr. Librarian. I um, yeah, I, I was just yes. looking through these old books with no agenda whatsoever. Uh, well, I'm sorry to inform you, patron, but it is almost five oh, it, yeah. minutes. Hold on, please. <laughs> I am your elder and the librarian here at Funky Bean Town Library. Yes. It's, it's hold on, I'm still talking to you. And uh, we sorry, will don't I'm, know. I'm almost I'm done <laughs> with my my lecture of there now only being three minutes left in. I have very important research. I'm sorry, ma'am. It looks like our hours have officially closed. If you do want to come back and finish your whatever you're doing, please I'm, be uh, here between the hours of 10 a.m. To 5 p.m. Monday through Thursday. But you don't but understand. I'm, I'm doing very important research. And hours. I need to look at the runes. Are you interrupting me? Because I can kick you <laughs> uh, out of here right now. Well, aren't you doing that anyway? By golly, I think I am. <laughs> can I check out these books? <laughs> Perv. <laughs> Scene. What? <laughs> Uh, very nice. All right. All right. <laughs> we have something in there. <laughs> There's got to be something, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's watch the trailer. All right. So all the trailers I found didn't have much words. So this is the DVD trailer. Okay. This journal is the key to finding the lost continent of Atlantis. That sounds like Michael J. Fox. It is indeed. Is it? They came from around the world. An elite team of explorers. Make us proud, boys! In search of the greatest mystery ever known. Atlantis is waiting. Is? A boy. This is for real. Searching for a lost world. Welcome to the city of Atlantis. A girl. My name is Kiragakash. What a name. Hey, you got a nickname? Longing for a new beginning. I have some questions for you, and you are not leaving this city until they are answered. Yeah, well, I... Okay. Together, they'll unlock the mystery of Atlantis. Wow. You can understand this? Yes, yes, I can read Atlantean. Show me. It looks like some sort of vehicle. Wonder how fast it goes. <laughs> You do swim. Oh, I swim pretty girl. Pre- pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Follow me. Yeah. This is amazing. It's the heart of Atlantis. Oh, no. The heart of Atlantis. Things are getting good. Bad guy with a mustache. There's so many ships in this. Yeah, you got that right. Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Now available on video and Disney DVD. Ooh. Wow. That did look fun. Home video? Home video. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say we give this a watch? Let's watch it. One, two, three, four. It's time for the movie. Which remote, Which remote do we use again? I get the popcorn. There could be spoilers. We'll be back in four, three, two, one. 
are back. We are back. We just finished Atlantis. The Lost Empire. The Lost Empire. <laughs> <laughs> I got to know, because we have we have locked our lips with air keys. Like yes. keys made of air. Yeah. And we wiggled our fingers uh-huh. saying, no, 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 no Taki. Uh-huh. Andrea, what did you think of this movie? Jay, I feel my reaction was much the same as when I saw it. Oh. The first time. Oh, okay. Which was kind of like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was entertained, I think. But I'm not going to go, like, rave to people that I enjoyed it. That's where gotcha. I'm at. Jay, what do you think? I was shockingly surprised. Oh. Because this was a zero on my radar. Uh-huh. I did not know much about this. Yeah. And darn if it didn't just hit that formula for me where oh. it was, there was funny characters, there was an adventure, there was some witty banter, and um, some of it, like, my my straight up first criticism of this, it felt too big to cram into a 90 minute movie. Mm, that's was, interesting you bring that up. Oh, really? I have some facts that back up. That theory. Ah, yeah. yeah. It just felt, it felt so fast and so big. And it you could tell maybe a writer just spent years working on this. And it just got shrunk down. Yes, so, that is very perceptive of you. Yeah. Um, I think one of my biggest issues with it is a lot of the characters, most of the characters were very two-dimensional. Yeah. Uh, they were all kind of stereotypes, and that's what they stuck to the whole time. There Which, was funny ones. It was very funny. It was entertaining. We like seeing those stereotypes sometimes. I do have a very, very tiny feminist rant. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it is Andrea's feminist rant about the movie. Uh, thank you, Jay. So this movie does not, despite having several women, we, we've got a, an older woman and kind of talks like this. We've got a young girl who's a mechanic. We've got kind of a baddie and we've got our main girl, Princess Kita. Very different, like different body types, different kind of tropes, which was great. None of them talk to each other, so it doesn't really pass the Bechdel test. You're right. Um, so that that's kind of beside the point. I did like seeing, even if there were stereotypes, that we are getting different kinds of women represented different in the colors, story. Different um, capabilities. Yeah. So that's all great. Um, I did, I felt kind of off about it, like watching it, like something doesn't feel right here. Yeah. And part of it is, yeah, none of the women are talking to each other. Part of it was... Like, I don't know. So I use my friend Google and I cheated. I cheated a little bit and I found this blog called Feminist Disney. Oh, no. Oh, Jay, you're going to love this. And someone asked the question, what do you think of this movie and how it's portrayed? And they said the same thing. The characters are all kind of two dimensional. It's not just the women. It's everybody. Yeah. And so that it's difficult to tell complex female stories when they're all two-dimensional. That's true. The other thing they pointed out, and I think this is important to bring up, is they use what's known as the white savior trope, or more specifically, the mighty whitey trope. 
Which I learned about because of Green Book. Remember when that overshot? I didn't know anything about it. I love Green Book. Where a white man comes in and saves person of color or indigenous tribe from themselves. Uh, This definitely happens. The mighty whitey trope is kind of like a, a European white male comes into an indigenous people, learns their ways, and becomes like the best of all of them. So Mighty Whitey is my nickname for my underwear. Go on. Ah, very good. Yeah, so Milo comes in, and all of them have somehow forgotten how to read. And so he comes in, hooks up with the daughter of the king, and teaches them how to find their culture again. Uh, which is this kind of like white savior trope that, you know, maybe is not so great. That's a very poignant, perceptive view. And I agree. Like, if they had nothing to do but live in this buried city under the ocean. For like 10,000 years. <laughs> a, what were they doing? B, how did they forget how to read? Wouldn't that be like the only thing they're sitting around doing? Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. But I don't know. So that was strange. But there are some cases where civilizations just kind of, what's the right word, cannibalize their own culture. It happens normally. There is a uh, an, another culture coming in to cannibalize it or, you know, take it or destroy it. But there's times where they just view the old ways as boring and lame. And, yeah. oh, look at them. They're doing it better. And suddenly it's forgotten. Yeah. I actually, I saw some backup on that where they kind of based the Atlanteans on the Egyptians okay. kind of during the Greek and Roman times, the Romans came in and all the Egyptians are like surrounded by these statues and buildings and, but it's been thousands of years and they've kind of forgot their roots a little bit. So I guess that kind of makes sense. But when you're that isolated, I don't know. I don't know, man. (laughs) Anyway, rant over. Thanks for letting me do it. What do you say? How about we we dive in to Atlantis, the Lost Empire? Let's talk about play it. by play. Yeah. Take it away, band. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So we open on. The introduction, and we see Atlantis sinking. Which, there was a lot of lore packed into that first, like, 45 seconds. I feel I somehow, I think I was sneezing or, like, (laughs) getting adjusted or, like, where's my blanket? And then suddenly I miss, like, thousands of years of... Uh, <laughs> of information and action, and I'm like, oh, but they all sank. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So they were basing it off of uh, Pluto. No. Um, Who is Pluto? That's not right. Yeah. In the year three, like 45, Pluto said that Atlantis sank. S- sank. And great. Yeah. In one night. And it was this big, huge brouhaha. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking it was Aristotle. No, uh, but it was no. definitely Pluto. That doesn't sound right. Oh, I'll bet you. What do you think? Chipotle burrito says Pluto, 
predicted. That's either a planet or a cartoon dog. No, Pluto's a famous uh, Greek actual human who who uh, I think he thought a lot about life, actually. But he was one of the rare guys that had a pen <laughs> and paper and was able to transcribe this. Plato. Dang it. I knew we were getting that oh, wrong. Dang it. <laughs> Chipotle burrito All is right. fine. All right. So they open with a quote from Plato. After a day and night of misfortune, Atlantis sank into the ocean or whatever the quote is. Yeah. And then we see a whole bunch of technology and all these planes flying and and like a lady being sucked up into the sky and the whole city sinking down into the water. Opening credits. Opening credits. So they threw a lot at us in that opening moment. We don't quite know what's going on. We just know they're sinking into the ocean. Yeah. yeah. And this is where we meet Michael J. Fox's character. Uh-huh. Milo. I loved Milo. It is maybe the last, I don't want to say it, but maybe the last, like, um, Michael J. Fox where he's spunky and his voice is really fun and full of life. He's just delightful. Like, I hear his voice and I smile. Yeah. Something yeah. about his his voice is just wonderful. Yeah. So he plays this. He's a language art. guy, ling- a linguist, and he also like Indiana, a cartographer. He wants to be Indiana Jones. He's a chaser of Atlantis, and he's presenting to the museum board on why... He should be sent to Iceland to find the book that explains Atlantis. Yeah. None of the board members want to listen to him. They all laugh at him. He's pretty much fired on the spot. Yeah. His job is really to maintain the boiler. Yeah. 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 Poor poor (laughs) Milo. So he comes home and there's this blonde lady in his apartment who's like, do you want to meet Mr. Whitmore? So this is this feels like it takes place in the fifties, almost like kind of. I got a a lot of character vibes from like uh, what's a film noir, you know, find it kind of dark. And yeah, kind they of did kind of do that. Icky the the dame sitting in the dark the corner, si- and I yeah. loved it. Like the whatever direction art or at least setting went, mm-hmm. I really like. I did feel, and this is. First off, I'm a dude. Second, these women, I'm going to say we're wearing more revealing clothes than any other Disney movie I've seen. Mm. And third, so what? They're sexy and they're powerful. You know, they can be (laughs) that. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But they're not really powerful because they're stereotypes. Well, the whole thing's a stereotype. Yeah, this is true. Okay, so we go, we meet this rich guy who's like, I knew your grandpappy. Here's the journal that you need to find Atlantis. Go find it, me boy. Here's a bunch of money. Which is kind of convenient. That yeah, he, he the same day he got fired the, is the same day he found the dream gig. And what's interesting in this meeting, he gives the book he was going to go to Iceland for. Yeah. We have your your Iceland or your Atlantan book. Mm-hmm. And this book is written in the language of Atlantis. Yeah. So this is kind of the cipher yeah. going forward. And it feels like we did skip a step there because it's the thing. He's like, we got to go find this. And then someone just hands it to him. Yeah. So maybe there was more to the story that they cut out for time or something. Who knows? Um. Cut to 
tons of soldiers, this giant submarine, and everyone's getting on, and you meet all these crew members. and Stereo- Wonderful stereotypes. I would say right now we live in a world where stereotype the word stereotype is like, burr, 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 burr. but there are some really funny, good stereotypes <laughs> that I enjoy watching, like the Russian guy who... Who likes to blow things up, but is also hilarious. Or yeah, uh, the funny. kick butt, like Mexican. Like she reminded me of Gilmore Girls. The uh, oh, um, Gypsy. Gypsy. Yeah, who fixes where, cars? Which yeah. This one got a little weird for me because her lips felt a little too puffy. Her lips were a little big. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little weird. It's like she's the mechanic. She's supposed to be a teenager, but let's make her really sexy anyway. Yeah. It should have. They said teen, 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 but she looked like full-grown adult woman. Yeah. Uh, We meet the, the commander, Rourke. This is big square jawed guy. I thought he looked a lot like the poacher from Rescuers Down Under. I saw a lot of art styles from other movies in this. So I was yeah. thinking, okay, maybe they borrowed some of the character design because he looks very similar. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my tip off that maybe this guy wasn't so great. Uh, so we meet everyone. We meet the the mole guy who loves his dirt. We meet the doctor who's this big beefy guy who's really sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, none of them are very nice to Milo because he's kind of a fumbling nerd. That's his stereotype. Um, even though he's the one telling them all where to go and what to do. And he's usually right. Um, so we run into our first obstacle, the Leviathan. Jay, talk about this monster. So the, after the, their crew departs, they're in this giant submarine that's rivals any air force carrier they uh they they dive deep into the ocean in this leviathan which milo predicts in his little Atlantis book that he can read he uh it's it's like a robot slash like it dwarfs yeah this already huge carrier aircraft carrier slash submarine and it just makes just dust out of it it Mm. blows it up it pinches it and luckily the the submarine is equipped with escape pods and which was once like hundreds of people got whittled down to this ragtag group of what 10 Mm -hmm. and the mission persisted Mm. And and the whole thing, uh, and why how Atlantis can work is that the idea is it's like a sink drain. Yeah. So you dive down into the water, you dive down, and then suddenly you get into this tunnel, and it's a pee trap, uh, and then then you or come a grease trap grease, is what they keep calling yeah, it. Yeah. The technical terms pee trap. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that not that kind of pee. Anyway, so once you dive down, you enter this tunnel, and the tunnel actually turns up, and that's when the water plateaus and it becomes air. Yeah. And once that happens, then... They're in these huge caves. But then it turns almost to, like, its own world. Yeah. There's a sky. There's a land. That's kind of the lore. That's what happened in that scene. Yeah. 
So now they're in the caves as like a multi-day journey. And finally, like you see Milo kind of doing doofy things and oops, no, go this way. Oops, I was wrong. Go this way. Finally, the crew decides to like invite him in and you kind of get some of their backstories and he finds out they're all just in it for the money. Which should be a red flag at this point. Yes. But it's not. It is not. Um, Milo's using the bathroom late at night and he wakes up a nest of fireflies. But these are real fireflies. <laughs> and wherever they land. Real fire. <laughs> they, they create fire. So tents are burning. It, the campsite is in flames. And more people die. More people die. And the captain's like, all right, get in the machines. It's time to go. And they went in the machines and went. They make it to Atlantis. Well, Milo's healed by these, like, um, they have these native peoples. They have these giant, like, African looking masks on. Uh, and they heal his wound, and then he follows them, and then they see Atlantis, and it's like in a big circle, surrounded by waterfalls, and then there's lava, like a lava moat, around the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, right off the bat, uh, Princess, what's her name? Kida. Kida. K I D A. Kida. Yeah. Meets Milo. She's on, I guess, the Midnight Watch team, yeah. and they scurry around in like African mask, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then they find, oh, somebody actually got past the pee trap, and and I'm gonna heal this guy real quick, and then scurry away. Yeah. So then they're real hostile, and then suddenly, like Milo knows their language, and then That's suddenly, right. like they know English now. Yeah, it Two. was it was a really confusing dialect thing. You just end up going with it. Yeah, it was something about oh, it was a root language, and so somehow they knew all the other ones too. And they knew French, and then add in a little like Bohemian, and suddenly you're half a stone skip away from Atlantean. Yeah, it was very convenient. It was very very weird. Um, so they go to Atlantis, but they are not welcome there. The king is not pleased to see them and tells them to get the F out. Anybody who sees Atlantis must die. That is never explained again. <laughs> no, that dies. That quote dies real quick. Yeah. So they're like, oh, okay, you can stay for a day and yeah. then you must get out. Um, then we've got a little like date night with Milo and Kida somehow. They're answering questions for each other. He's translating things because they forgot how to read their own language. Yeah. Even though weird. they were all still alive when the island sank and somehow they've lived like 10,000 years, but they're not reading. Um, it would make more sense if like generations and generations and then they forgot how to read. But That's a good point. They, they live to be a very old age. Yeah. Also never explained. We assume it has something to do with the crystal. Anyway, Milo learns a whole bunch. They learn the crystal is like healing them and protecting them from being underwater and being in this volcano and somehow keeping them alive. And he translates all these like languages all 
that are written throughout the city. So here's where things get weird. Mm-hmm. And we learn the real issue at bay. Uh-huh. There's a magical huge expedition with huge ships and a lot of money behind it and like a thousand person crew and a general leading it. They're actually after the power source. And Milo doesn't know it. They use Milo to say, yeah, we're doing this science experiment. But no. But no, they actually just want to sell it for money yeah, and stuff. Yep. So, and somehow they figured out if we remove this power source, all the people in Atlantis will die. Because they're already like 10,000 years old. And this is taking place pretty late in the movie. And so, <laughs> so there's a massive wrinkle in our story. And now it's... it's it's hell breaking loose right now. Yeah, they pull out their guns, they beat up the king, they find the power source, and then suddenly Kida gets sucked up into the blue crystal and like merges with it. She becomes like omniscient and like glowy. And so they lock her up and start to drag her away because she's fused with the power source. Enter the giant battle. At the end, because we need one of those. You have to have a giant yeah, battle. Yeah, so they're trying to fly out of this volcano thing with a hot air balloon. Um, the the bad guy. The, the, the bad guy the is. The uh, captain general guy. Yeah, with his blonde, hard-ass hard, hard ass accomplice lady, mm-hmm. um, which they turn on each other pretty quick. Uh, once there's there's too much weight, we gotta throw someone out, and then that gets ugly real fast. Yeah, uh, big fight. They fly in these Atlantean machines that are powered by the crystal. Fight, fight, fight! Yay, everybody's safe. And bad guy dead. Yes, I wanted to make sure bad guy was dead. Yeah, and then did he I, die by falling? I don't remember. Did he fall into the lava? No, he turned, remember, Milo grabbed the Atlantan steel or glass. And slashed him with it. And then suddenly becomes even more blue and powerful. Yeah, which I didn't quite understand why that happened. Again, so much lore, so little time. Yeah. And then suddenly, I forget his final, his demise. Uh, It was something, I bet it was lava. Yeah. Had to be. Yeah, had to be lava. Yeah. Um, So they get Kida out. Kida returns back to her normal form. Mm-hmm. Milo stays with Atlanteans. Everybody else, as a reward, the Atlanteans say, here's all our gold. We Take don't it. need it. Take it. <laughs> so they do. And we cut like they do one of these like five months into the future. And all the crew members are just filthy rich. Yeah. But they're meeting with the once rich un- or the uncle. The, the charter, old guy. Yeah. And they're just getting their stories straight. Yeah. Like, oh, they just, we we lost them. We didn't find Atlantis. Oh, well. <laughs> End of movie. End of movie. Yeah, it was kind of weird, wasn't it? But it was fun. I it, had fun. It was fun. Yeah, but they were definitely what you said. Let's talk some facts. Oh. <laughs> Here are true facts about Atlantis. Atlantis. The Lost Empire. The Lost Empire. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to lead with this one because this is important to what you've said throughout. Okay. Uh, the initial draft, this story was started by Joss Whedon, actually. 
The initial draft was 155 pages. Wow. Which typical for Disney movies is about 90 pages. So they had 60 pages, more than 60 pages to cut out of the story. Um, they cut a lot of stuff wow. to try and make. So there's a whole bunch of like additional parts of the story they wanted to tell, like characters they wanted to develop more. Uh, there was a lot more like things that happened in the caverns as they were traveling through. And then they thought the pacing was off because they didn't get to Atlanta soon enough. So they cut a lot of that stuff out. Let's see what else. I got one. Okay, go ahead. So Jim Varney, Cookie, or a.k.a. Slinky, a.k.a. Yeah. Ernest, uh-huh. uh, died just before finishing the film. The mm. I ain't so good at speechifying line. Yeah, you called it. Near the end is the only line not spoken by Jim Varney. Stephen mm. Barr did the voice at that scene. Oh. I know, kind of sad. I remember when Ernest died. We all died a little that day. Oh. James Garner uh, was Commander Rourke, the bad guy. Mm -hmm. He is also known as uh, Maverick in the old series Maverick. Uh, old cowboy guy. He was in Space Cowboys as one of the old dudes. Uh, he was also the old dude in The Notebook. So, really? long history of playing old guys. <laughs> old cowboy type guys. So, get this. Because the movie was planned out as an action adventure, the production crew wore t-shirts to work that read, Atlantis. Fewer songs, more explosions. <laughs> well, yeah, no songs at all. Yeah. Okay, this I thought was cool. They hired a linguist to create the Atlantean language. Oh. Uh, their linguist was Mark Okrand, and he's the same guy who developed Klingon. Really? For Star Wars. So, like, legit language that they developed for this Atlantean language. Interesting. One one thing that you <laughs> what? that I thought of uh -huh. while watching this is Andrea. I thought, oh my gosh, because you totally uh, will slip into Atlantean sometimes <laughs> when? and just be like, yeah. Sometimes I talk to Jay in gibberish to see if he understands me. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, oddly enough, thanks to the, the book that my uncle had found in Iceland. <laughs> so this, I mean, this was like legit language. They said it reads from left to right on the first line and then right to left. So it kind of zigzags down the you page. Gotta, like water flowing uh, is oh what they gosh. said. Get so over yourself. There are a lot of details about this fake language that they made up. It was very impressive. Wow. Uh, after Milo gets seasick on the first ship, his line, carrots, why are there always carrots? I mm -hmm. didn't even eat carrots. It was ad-libbed by Michael J. Fox, <laughs> who is allergic to carrots. Oh, <laughs> that's a good detail. Um, so the movie was designed around a comic book style um, developed by Mike Mignola, who was the comic book artist for Hellboy. Oh. Um, so there was a very specific style they were aiming for, um, which is why this looks so different from a lot of different other Disney movies. Interesting. 
There was a spin-off TV show and an underwater Disneyland attraction that were planned after this movie, uh, but it didn't do so hot at the box office, so those were quietly canceled. Oh. Um, this is one of the few Disney films to take place in an actual year. And I was wrong. It was not the 1950s. It was 1914. Ah. I know. Uh-huh. Interesting. Oh, because they had some World War One references. Yeah. Like a lot of the soldiers kind of, they had the gas masks and they talked about the Kaiser. So, yeah, that checks out. Also, this is one of the first Disney films to feature an African-American character as an important secondary character. Yeah. Okay, it's a start. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> Um, the Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico uh, were kind of an inspiration point when they were designing the underworld, kind of the, the caverns that they were going through under the water. Uh, they based them off those New Mexico caverns. Interesting. There are so many facts about this. I we know. could keep going. Yeah. What do you say we do one more each? One more each. Yeah. Uh, do you have one ready or want yes. me to pull one? Okay, go for it. Uh, so this movie... One of the reasons it didn't do well at the box office was it was up against Shrek from DreamWorks. The original Shrek uh, that was piloted by our old friend Jeffrey Katzenberg. Uh, So Shrek did very well and this one not so well in comparison. Interesting. And this, my ears caught this, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. The film has a very similar sound effect to Star Wars including the gun sounds, explosions, plus the gas mask wearing henchman that makes breathing sounds similar to Darth Vader. Uh, but I swore I heard an X-Wing flying through space <laughs> as they were crafting or uh, riding the Atlantis spacecraft. Uh, I just, I knew it. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So one other thing I'm very excited about, our secondary main character, she is a princess. Princess Kida. She's the daughter of the king of Atlantis. And so we here at Disney Plus Us <laughs> have a princess scale. Here we go. Leadership, morality, fashion, and singing. Don't forget X Factor. We'll tell you soon. <laughs> we'll tell you soon. A uh, slight disclaimer, don't rate women, but we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had that in sooner. Yeah. Okay. So leadership. Leadership. So Jay, what, what do we, you think? If it, hold on. If it's been so long, I kind of want to talk about the segment. Yes. If you're not already like, if you're just like, what? This is where we look at a princess we apply a score, we rate her. One to five. One to five, and we compare her to other princesses that we have encountered along the way. Yes. So right off the bat, we're talking Princess Kida. Mm-hmm. Her leadership skills, in my book, she's a flying four. Really? She Yes, the ball was dropped. They forgot their culture. <laughs> <laughs> but but she was out on on duty patrolling around she was the first to encounter and then trust ah the one good man but maybe she shouldn't team. have trusted the other people i know but she, she really didn't 
have the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and then also, I'm going to say the fact that she got sucked up into the power source of Atlantis <laughs> and became something, you know, that took some guts, but... That could have been more of her X Factor speaking. But yeah. What about you? Well, this category is always challenging because not all of our Disney princesses are put in a position of leadership. Which is a shame. Uh, so a lot of times we look for qualities that make a good leader. If they are put in a position of leadership, how well do they do? Um, Kita, it's unclear whether she has any kind of power or if she's just kind of waiting for her dad to die before she gets some power. Um, she is leading the scouting group that finds the people. And the revolution, of course. Yeah, so she probably gets a few points for that. Um, She probably loses a few points for saying, come on in when the rule is no one can see Atlantis and live. No, that's true leadership, Andrea. (laughs) Defying your own rules. So maybe she forgot that rule. I don't know. Um. Yeah, they forgot their language, but also she's like, hey, this guy can read. Let's use him to figure out what all this stuff says. So that's pretty good, too. There's something between her ears. There's kind of a plus minus there for her. I'll give her a three. Okay. Yeah. All right. Morality. This was a tough one for me. Yes. Um, partly because we don't fully get to know the character of Kida. But I'm going to say her morality is a two. Oh. Yeah. Not Um, that she does anything bad? She's not necessarily a bad person, but she also makes some genuinely innocent mistakes. And I am going to say it. She is very quick to... to uncover her swimsuit and go for a swim with the with the boy. Oh, so <laughs> I'm just saying you're downgrading her because she's comfortable with her body. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like she could have at least said, "Hey, turn your eyes real quick. I'm undressing." I don't think she even did that. She oh, stunned no. Michael J. <laughs> And said, and he was all like, pretty, pretty, pretty girl. I mean, pretty, you know. He was harmless. Yeah, (laughs) I guess so. But Giving her a two. I'm trying to think of any decisions she made that would display morality in any form. Because she, I mean, she made the decision to show him, here's our writing. What does it say? That's hardly, that's a question. That's not a decision. But otherwise, she kind of just gets dragged along places. Like, she didn't really make a lot of choices in this film. It is true. Except to, like, argue with her dad when he wanted to kick the people out. So, I guess that's a little bit moral to, like, hey, let's be hospitable. Um... She didn't kill them on sight. <laughs> so she's There's not some. she's not a one. <laughs> there uh, you go. I'll give her a three. I, I mean, she didn't make a lot of decisions. No, let's do a 2.5. She didn't make a lot of decisions, but I didn't get the sense that she was she amoral. And the, my, my real score, I mean, yeah, wasn't she, she didn't earn anything higher than a two. Right. Maybe that's the best way of saying okay, it. Okay, like that's I have, fair. I have no problem with a woman saying, okay, going swimming, but, like, she didn't earn a higher number. Yeah. 
fashion sense. I liked it, but also... <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> I had no complaints. I bet you did. <laughs> but I need to take out my bias. <laughs> and I'm going to give her... It's this is one of those marriage ones. <laughs> you want me to go first, <laughs> so I'll it's say, safer. <laughs> yeah, you go. What'd you say? Okay, I think girl style was on point. Like her clothes perfectly matched her eyes. She had that awesome white hair. She had the face tattoos that like were very stylishly placed. I mean, she she was on point, and like the outfit that transformed into a swimsuit. That's pretty cool. Like that's pretty cool. And then she had an outfit change towards the end, and that one was okay. Uh, so I give her a four. I'm right there with you. Safe. Yes. <laughs> Poor. Actually, I think those like twisty, the like swimsuit top that she had on for most of the movie, and the little twist in the middle. I think those were in style. In and the 14s. I, I don't know if it was because of this movie, like back oh, at, when this movie came out. I don't know if it was because of this movie or if the movie took from the fashion of the time, but just something to point out. That, that is interesting. Yeah. Uh, singing. Poor, poor. Kita did not sing. Zero. A lick. Did not sing a lick. Zero. Yeah, that's just the nature of the movie. You, you hate the role. You don't hate the actor yeah, or actress. It's not her fault. X Factor. I'm going to give her a three because yeah. she arguably has one of the coolest X Factors getting sucked up into the giant power source, turning into another state and being becoming like the key. Yeah. Which she like summoned those like giant monster or giant robots to protect the city, right? During the lava, yeah. So she saved everybody. Yeah, which could be moral, but that also could have been the heart of Elena's talking. Yeah. However, I don't think again she had a lot of choice because the heart of Elena's chooses its own, just right. like it chose her mother. And well, and why couldn't she go up, become the crystal, and then like laser eye the bad guys or something? Like she Welcome pretty much to my house. she just walked out and let them like put her in a little box. Yeah, like well, that's not a cool power if you can't I know. use it. Yeah, she did get stuck in a box. Yeah, three. Yeah. I'm going to say 2.5. I mean, it was flashy, but when you come right down to it, if that's the only thing we're talking about with her, I needed more. I needed more, too. Yeah. All right. I think the the numbers are input, are inputted, inputted, have been inputted. And Andrea is like turned into calculator mode. And we are now pulling up the results. Yes. Of Kida. So, Kida, lovely, lovely Kida is, uh, and probably partially because of her singing score, which is zero. Usually the non-singers get end up towards the bottom. Um, she is just above Elanway from Black Cauldron and just below Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. Okay, so not So, bad. that puts her... She has 25 points. That puts her in 11th place out of 13. Towards the end, so, but not the last. Not the last. <laughs> Is it Alice? Alice from Alice in Wonderland, the last? Maybe. She was terrible. Alice is the last. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> she just caused like a, a terrible ruckus. <laughs> oh man. All right. All right. Well, that was fun. Again, don't rate women. But we did. But we did. We're pros. Well, wheel of morality, turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. Moral number one. And the moral of today's story is... Andrea, what is the moral of Atlantis? If the people surrounding you are in it for the money, expect to be disappointed by their behavior. That's interesting. Yeah, money is a very poor motivator. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. Yeah. I don't think I could pull off anything. Nothing else? Maybe stay away from carrots. <laughs> <laughs> stay away from carrots. Be sure to learn all the lost languages you possibly can. Yeah. And you get yourself a hot wife. <laughs> oh, boy. That's not a good moral. <laughs> don't listen to me. <laughs> Oh, fun. <laughs> well, we have made it to the very end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to rate us on all the rateable places. And tune in next time because we're going to be watching a great movie. <laughs> Do you know which one it is? I did not look it up, but oh. it's going to be good. Hang on. I bet I can pull it up real okay. quick. All right. Keep let, talking. All right. <clears throat> let me stall. Okay, so uh, the other day I was wondering about Ices and how many people. Monsters Inc. All right. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, tune in next time for Monsters Inc. Bye.